Good morning and a very warm welcome to our service of communion today. Sunday school will be on as usual during the service for the children. The prayer group will be meeting at the close of the service today down here with Andrew. And they will be a retiring offering today in aid of South Beach House. Next Sunday, at the close of the morning service, we're having our annual stated meeting. If you can wait for that, please do so. We've not had one for two years, um, I think I'm right in saying, because of the pandemic. So if you have a few minutes to spare next week, it would be greatly appreciated. A quick update on where we are. North Ayrshire Guilds Together are holding their summer gathering on Tuesday of this week, Tuesday the 7th of June, and it's at Millport Parish Church. The forecast is good, so if you fancy a wee day out, please go along if you can. It's at two o'clock and it's in the church on the island of Cumbria. You'll be made most welcome. And the craft team meets on Tuesdays from one o'clock onwards and care and share lunch is held in the hall every Friday from half past 12 until two on Friday. There we had a delicious celebration of the Jubilee, which was greatly appreciated by all who came along to that. A really nice time together on Friday. Thank you all for listening. And these are all the intimations. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, even though last week I had a, a, a moment to greet most of you, uh, I want to specifically express a word of thanks to Andrew uh, for, for doing uh, the best, even better, when I was not here and when I was uh, working somewhere else. Thank you so much, Andrew, and the Lord continue to use you and bless you and Vivian. It goes without say behind every uh, powerful man is. <laughs> uh, and uh, for those of us who are joining from home, today is a special Sunday. Um, it's special in that it marks the birth of the church. You know, Pentecost is one of those amazing things as we are reminded how the church began. And yesterday, I, I, I had the privilege to attend the Keswick uh, conference where one of the very powerful uh, preachers, uh, Alistair Begg, is, is preaching. And, and one of the things that he said was this, and he said, you know, uh, you might all wonder uh, why I came all the way to preach to you. Of course, I grew up around here, but I want to remind you the very things that you know because so often you forget the very things that you've heard again and again. And I want to remind you today that yes, Pentecost happened some thousand years ago and we still experience the power of the Holy Spirit every day, every minute. And I pray that today, before we leave or in the service today, you experience the power of God. And also together with others, we join the whole nation to celebrate uh, the Platinum Jubilee. And at the end of the service, we will sing uh, the national anthem together as well. Now I want to invite you, come and see the Holy Spirit is here. The wild wind who blows away our doubts 
and fears, the one who remains with us forever. Come and worship God, our maker, who has sent the Spirit to guide us and to give us comfort. Come, let us worship God, parent, son, and spirit. We join our voices to sing our first hymn, All People That Are On Earth Do Dwell.
Hallelujah. We join our, our, our hearts together as Christine will lead us in prayer. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we come to you this very special Pentecost Sunday with open, joyful hearts. Help us to join our hearts and minds together as we worship you in this your special day and your special place. Help us to live with kindness, love and hope and give us the courage to move forward in our faith and to do what we must do day by day as we face the challenges of a world that is beautiful and needs our constant care. We thank you that you are with us always, not only in the calm of our meetings here together, but in the hurly-burly of day-to-day -day life. We thank you that you have given us such wonderful gifts, the beauty of sea and sky, the sounds of the birds and the waves, the colours and textures of nature, for family, friends and community, for home and hearth. As we see so many parts of the world where there is war, where the people live in constant fear, where there is poverty, slavery, where the people suffer constant abuse and hardship, help us to use your gifts to bring them hope, justice and a knowledge of your never-ending love. In your son, we saw you enter this world. You showed us your way, and you gave us a pattern for living the best of lives. He was your greatest of gifts. And now we pray together in the words he taught his disciples so long ago, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, uh, Christine. Before um, we, and take note, I said we, before we, the Sunday school, give you a glimpse of what it means to be in God, um, I want to invite uh, all the children to please come and get something. Would you come and get something from me? Yes, there you go. All right, you will share with your brother. All right, stay close. Stay close. I think you might as well stay close here. Can you show off what you have? <laughs> um, have, you played with, have you played with a balloon before? Who of you have played with a balloon before? All right. Oh, nearly most of you. Okay. Uh, can anyone tell me what this balloon needs? What does it need? <laughs> yes, 
it needs air. <laughs> it needs to be filled with air. Uh, before a balloon can be filled with air, you cannot use it for any, anything. You cannot use it for much. If you want to play around, that is. Of course, you can still put water in it and play. But um, when, you don't, when it doesn't have air, or it, when you, do, you have not breathed in it, you cannot use it for many other things. And I think this balloon can help us learn something about the church. Today is a very special day, like I said, because it's the day when we commemorate the church being given the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God had to breathe life into the church. And without this life, the church cannot function. And I think, as I said earlier on, so often as people of God, we forget what we need to function. And I think so many times, personally, I found myself constantly thinking I can do it in my own strength, whereas I needed the breath of the Holy Spirit. At least, even though it's not to its full potential, but at least you can see, you can start to play around, you, we can start to play because there's a bit of life in it now. The Holy Spirit was given to us to give us life. And I think before the Holy Spirit was given, the disciples and the church, so to speak, even though the church was not quite there, but it was there, um, the disciples were afraid they could not share, they could not use their gifts. But now, when the Holy Spirit came, they were empowered. And today, in the service, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit as we get to be used by God. And I'm sure there could be some of you who are sitting and thinking, well, I'm, I'm too young. Uh, I'm too young to be used by God, right, Sovig? You probably say, I'm, I'm too young to be used by God. Uh, or there could be uh, some like Maima who would be saying, you know what, I'm only a teenager, I can't be used by God. But the point I'm trying to put across is this. When we have received the power, we will speak and you will see from the scripture reading today that actually when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, they began to speak and to speak boldly without fear. Maybe you are here and you're thinking, I really need those, that kind of power. The power of the Holy Spirit is here for us. And I pray that God will empower us with the, you know, we need a refilling. This, I could tie this and play around with it, but I could also give it more and more and more. And we will never have enough of the Holy Spirit. We always need it. 
nearly every minute or every hour. And we keep saying, fill me more with your power and with your spirit, Lord. And I hope and trust that we can say that together. All right. So when you get to, to just before you come back to communion, uh, make sure that your, your balloons has, have power, okay? Have, 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 have life. All right. So I want to invite um, the Sunday school team uh, to come forward as we present a dance. Are we coming here or where? There. All right. Are we facing people or are we facing? All right. Let's do this. Join. Many sons and Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right on, left on. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons and Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So continue praising God together as we sing uh, our next hymn. It's a new hymn. Um, let's enjoy it. In this glorious year of the Jubilee for her majesty in honor of the faithful hearts who chose to serve and to play her part 
what a prayer. I hope you, we all get the message to go and serve. Uh, we prepare our hearts to hear the word of God read to us. And Christine, once again, is going to read Acts chapter 2. And we are reading from verse 1 through to 13. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 13. But before she reads, let's draw near to God in prayer. Shall we pray together? Almighty God, and you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Open our eyes that we may see the wonders of your word and give us grace that we may clearly understand and freely choose the way of your wisdom through Christ our Lord. Amen. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly, there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, religious men who had come from every country in the world. When they heard this noise, a large crowd gathered. They were all excited because each one of them heard the believers speaking in his own language. In amazement and wonder, they exclaimed, these people who are talking like this are Galileans. How is it then that all of us hear them speaking in our own native languages? We are from Parthia, Medea and Elam, from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, from Pontus and Asia, from Phrygia and Pamphylia, from Egypt and the regions of Libya near Cyrene. Some of us are from Rome, both Jews and Gentiles converted to Judaism, and some of us are from Crete and Arabia. Yet all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things that God has done. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, what does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying, these people are drunk. If I was going to give a, a theme for my sermon today, it would be something like this. The coming of the life-giving power of God. The coming of the life-giving power of God. The life-giving power of God. The word power means a lot to the history of mankind. There is nothing which so stirs up men's ambitions as power. They say the power is sweeter than the bread to the hungry, or home to the wanderer, or sunrise to the unenlightened. For all the divine attributes, power is the one mankind most intensely and constantly crave for. We all want to crave for power. Or sometimes, of course, because people are aware of what power does, 
there's a certain degree in which people will always say, I don't want power. But mankind has the fierce ambition to create. Powerless to create, mankind seeks control. Mankind has ordered almost every non-element and force in nature for self-gratification. Mankind has blasted the rock unshaken by the ages and threw its heavy pieces into the air as easily as tennis player throws up his tennis ball up and hit. Mankind has excavated the mountains and bridged the rivers to make way for the swift locomotives. Today, mankind has connected the earth with a, a belt of fire. And sometimes, of course, with, with simply a wire, we get connected to people. And through it flashes messages from pole to pole and we greet each other, even from far away from each other. From the toddler to the statesman on the topmost position, this craving for power is all permeated. Now the very disciples to whom the promise was made was as well in them the craving for power. You may recall that in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said to his disciples, wait until you have received the power. Wait until the power has come upon you. You may remember them saying to Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? The love of power may be legitimate. It is natural. Its use is always determined by the motive behind it. But you cannot deny this power may be needed at some time. Now let's look at the power the Holy Spirit gives to the disciples of Christ. The three things the Spirit did to the disciples, uh, I'm going to look at three things. The disciples heard the sound like the blowing of a violent wind from heaven. The tongues of fire rested on each of them. And the Spirit filled them and enabled them to speak in other languages or in other tongues. In other words, the disciples of Jesus Christ were cleansed as they received these flames upon each and every one of them. Secondly, they were empowered and enabled. The disciples heard the sound they saw, and then they were cleansed, empowered, and then they began to, spoke, to speak. What happened to the disciples is similar to what happened to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah saw the Lord, and at the sound of the voices of the heavenly beings, the doorposts and the thresholds shook the temple and it was filled with smoke. His lips were touched. And then we hear these beautiful words by Isaiah where he said, as soon as all this had happened and my lips were touched and my guilt was taken away 
and his sin was atoned for. I, Isaiah, from that on, then heard the voice of God saying, Whom shall I send? And what follows after that is God commissioning Isaiah. He was then commissioned to preach the message from the Lord. Now briefly, let me look at these three aspects, beginning with cleansing. From our text today, we hear the tongues of fire came and rested on each of the disciples. One would think that the fire on each of the disciples was an act of cleansing. They were made to be the right vessels to be used in the mission of spreading the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, Pentecost must remind us of this important service of being made clean. No one can clean us except the fire from God. No one can clean us. It is, as it was done to Isaiah and to the disciples, so it will be the same to each and every one of us. We must make ourselves available to Jesus Christ so that he could purify us with the touch, with the wave, just like the flames as they came upon each and every one of them. And of course, when they were cleansed, not only were they cleansed, but they were also empowered, empowering. This was a group of men and women who for almost 50 days seemed to have been absent. No story is told about the disciples from the time he ascended to this time of the Pentecost. Only on the day of Pentecost do we hear what they were made of. In other words, what happened when they were empowered. And for the past two years, how's, how has been the church in our world? We have been silenced. To some extent, we have been quiet. But as if I want to to say to you today that maybe it's time again for God to empower us, to give us that strength and power again to go back in the world and begin to use the power of the Holy Spirit. After the fire from heaven came on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin to hear of them now. From this day on, this group of the followers of Jesus Christ were out of control. They were uncontained. They were fearless and unstoppable. And I want to urge you, I could be too overexcited about this, but I'm calling on the church, you and I, that we come out of our containers. For the past two years, we have been contained enough. And it's time for us to rise up and begin to say Pentecost has come again because it keeps coming. The Holy Spirit keeps coming and the power is at our disposal. The power is there for us to use. 
in Acts chapter 1, I've said this, verse 8, Jesus Christ promised them power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And guess what? And you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses starting in salt courts where the church is. And you go on to Adroson and Stevenson and start to spread the gospel. This is the mandate we have. Last night I was revitalized again as I attended this conference. And as if Alistair was speaking to me and he said, You Christians, let's wake up and go back and take our places again because we've got a mandate. We've got work to do. Why? Why is it that as a church we are making so little impression on the world today? Why? Is it not because the church is unplugged from the source of power? Away from the Spirit of God? The church is like an army without ammunition and cut off from its base of operation. The church of Jesus Christ always needs this power. We cannot do without this power. The church needs power to overcome the world and the devil. The church needs the power to deal with the multiple evils and enemies by which she is surrounded. We are forever surrounded by enemies. And when I mean enemies, I'm not looking at the people, but I'm looking at what is behind those people. There's too much suspicion. We live in an age of doubt where people are no longer sure of what they ought to do. The church needs the power to contend with the indifference of spiritual truth surrounding us. Not everything we hear is food, good people. The food we get from the word of God. And we need to go back to those basics. Sometimes it is argued that the church is trying to do too much. That she is unequal to the task she is undertaking. The church is like a person with a large body and a frail heart. But the church is staggering under the weight of the task she has undertaken. That the spiritual power of the church is unequal to the task before her. And so many times we keep hearing and I've heard it and it gets to my bones. I don't know about you, but it gets to my bones when people belittle Jesus Christ in our very eyes. And we have power. We need, if you don't feel it, if you don't experience it, I'm praying that God will feel us again. It's, not, it's beyond a feeling. There cannot be too much work when there is such divine power of the Holy Spirit in the church. The question is, are we longing for this promised power of the Holy Spirit? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Comes on you. Having this power, the church must allow the Spirit to enable her to carry out her service. The disciples received this power that they might be witnesses unto Christ. Do you know Christ? 
is alive. <laughs> and we need to be the ones who help other people who can't see it to say, come on, he's right next to you. Come on, he's still working. Come on, he's still healing. Come on, he's still raising the dead. Jesus is still doing it. You and I cannot do it, but Jesus is still doing it. The third thing that happened after cleansing and being empowered was witnessing. The disciples were empowered to speak in the languages people could hear and understand. The content of the message declared was the wonders of God. Now, if you can't do many things, here is a challenge for you this week, tomorrow going forward. Would you be someone who talks about the wonders of God? Because if these witnesses, if these disciples were speaking about the wonders of God, and has Jesus, has God stopped to do wonders? Peter was empowered to preach with confidence. Peter's message was so powerful that when people heard it, they were cut to their heart and inquired what they should do. Peter then commanded them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And then he goes on to say to them again, and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. Those who would come generations later, we can take this promise as ours because we are in that generation of the future. Divinely given power always comes with responsibility. The power of the Holy Spirit is always given for service. It is never given for personal glory. The Holy Spirit is never given for decorating the church. No ways. If the church keeps any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit for her own selfish purposes, they will speedily disappear and the church will be left dry and weak. The question is, are we not getting to be dry and weak, perhaps? Are we dry and weak? And when, when, we're, when I say, are we dry and weak, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to myself too. When, when you know, the, the, the church doesn't stay here. The church goes home. <laughs> the church goes home and the church has neighbors. The church has friends. The church has people. They meet on the streets. You are the church. The church goes to work. The church go to, goes to the shops. The question is, are we not getting to be dry and weak? If we are, it's time to say, Jesus, come and fill us with the Holy Spirit again. I want to conclude. Without the Holy Spirit, the disciples of Jesus Christ were filled with fear. 
they were filled with uncertainty and confusion. You can tell when you read the Bible, you hear nothing of them. From the time Jesus left, they were just waiting. The glimpse that we get is they were all together in one place praying. But that's as far as it goes. But when they received, the Holy Spirit empowered the disciples to be fearless and they preached the word with confidence. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, the disciples were worthless. The church too, without the power of the Holy Spirit, is worthless. As a church of Christ, we are invited to long for the Holy Spirit to fall afresh on us as it has happened on the day of Pentecost. Once the church is filled with the Holy Spirit, she will become alive with power. She will move from fearfulness to boldness and courage, from disgrace to grace, from all that holds her down to the liberty of the church of Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, to begin to say he's alive. Pentecost means to the world a new dispensation, to the church an impartation of the power, and to the individual believer a glorious new life in the spirit. I want you to shout with me, and I'm not telling you to be Pentecostal, so to speak, but I want you to shout this with me. Come Holy Spirit. Come after me. Come Holy Spirit. Empower your church. And enable, to, enable her to become your true representatives. And God alone be glory now. Amen. We join our hearts to sing like fireworks in the night.
Lord God, we call upon your name as we bring to you our prayers for people and situations close to home or far away, seeking to share with you our thankfulness for so much good that we see and our anxiousness for so much that troubles us and the peace of this world. We give you thanks, Lord, for the gifts that we give to you, the gifts of money, the gifts of talents, the gifts of time, the gifts when we share what we have, what we have been given by you. We pray that, Lord, you bless these gifts of money given directly to the bank and directly to certain people, the services rendered to the world and for your, for your glory. We pray that, Almighty God, you continue to bless in Jesus' name. We give thanks for the many ways people, wherever they are, whatever language they speak, come together to solve problems, to formulate ways to cooperate, to seek answers to seemingly help in issues. May they and we work together as we face the challenges of global inequality, of climate change, of trade imbalances, of food and water insecurity, and of energy reliance. With Pentecost excitement, we commit ourselves to your service, ready and willing to meet the challenges of each and every new day. Inspire us to action, motivate us to speak up and bring purpose to all we do. Use who we are and what we have to bring your good news to places near and far through our compassion and grace. We give thanks for the people now exhausted who are still working working on the forefront, especially during this pandemic time. Those who have long been forgotten by policymakers, for medics and hospital staff, carers and families of those in care homes, for teachers and educators, for police and emergency services, and all those who keep society ticking over. Lord, we pray that you keep them safe, those who are compassionate to others. We give thanks for those who offer themselves for public service and commit their lives to that purpose. And we lament at those who use public service for their own ends, to feather their own nests, with little regard for the choices they make and the impact those choices may have on others. Pentecost, God, may you continue to inspire us. May you continue to come and give us your spirit to serve and to be for your service. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. For those who are joining us from home, please, you might, as we sing the next hymn, get your bread and your wine uh, as we prepare to share in the meal together. We sing our communion hymn, Ye Gates Lifts Up Your Heads on High.
Please be seated. As we come to the Lord's table, let us attend to the words of the institution of this sacrament as spoken by our Lord and given to us through the Apostle Paul. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We read this scripture, the gracious invitation of our Lord to us to come to his table and remember him, the son of man who came to seek and to save the lost, the son of God who gave his life a ransom for us. In this same scripture, the Apostle Paul warns us to examine ourselves before partaking in the Lord's Supper. The blessing from the Lord's table are only beneficial to those of sincere, repentant heart and a living faith in Christ as our Lord and Savior. As the Lord Jesus, on the night which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common use to this holy use and mystery. And as he, he gave thanks and blessed them, let us draw near to God in prayer. Shall we pray together? Eternal God, the whole earth is full of your glory, and we therefore come to praise, to bless, to adore you. We give thanks for Jesus who came to raise us up and restore us, the image upon us where we may reflect the glory of eternal and unchanging God. We thank you for the life of Jesus as recorded in, in the scriptures, for the prophecies that foretold his life of hardship, for his perfect example, for his death upon the cross, for his resurrection from the grave, for his ascension to thy right hand, and for his sending of the Holy Spirit who comes to deepen us in the love of Christ and to lead us into all truth. As we gather together at his table, we thank you especially for Christ's death on the cross, for taking upon himself the punishment which was due to us for all our sins. Truly, he is the perfect lamp of God, the lamp without spot or blemish, the lamp slain for us, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. At your invitation and command, we present ourselves at his table to remember him and to witness before the world that we have been justified, we have been forgiven, we have been redeemed, and have received eternal life through Christ alone. Amen. 
according to the institution and command and example of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. I take this bread and since we've already given thanks, I break it and give it to you. Jesus said, take it, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. In the same manner, Jesus took the cup. Therefore I take this cup and give it to you. This cup is the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ, which is shed for the remission of sins of many. Drink all of it. Jesus said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. These are holy things for holy people. Take it in remembrance of him.
We give you thanks, O oh God, that we have been privileged to sit again or for the first time at your table. We thank you too for those who once sat here and now sit at thy high table in home, at home with you, with many mansions. Help us, we pray, by your Holy Spirit, protect us from the vows of the devil. Keep us faithful to the vows which we made when we first came into membership of your church and grant for your mercy we need in the busiest times of our days. Our joys here, when our joys here come to an end and our work is finally done and we have perfect communion with you in that kingdom where your saints, your redeemed are forever in your presence. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is 182. Let's stand as we sing together.
Announcing the benediction, I'll ask you to remain standing. Uh, after the Amen, you will sing together the national anthem. Spirit of wind and fire, spirit of mystery and promise, spirit of God, our helper, blow at our backs, breathe in our hearts, be the energy for all we do to spread the love and justice and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore. <laughs> 